Welcome to Supergirl's Attic. I'm Cycles. And I'm Vivi. And today we're going to talk about the Danvers sisters, which is a huge topic because we talk about them all the time. Uh, yes. <laughs> all of the time. Because they're the best. <laughs> and they're also the leads of the show. They're the most important part of the show. If you don't like them, I don't know why you're here. Exactly. And... It's such a big topic that we asked our wonderful listeners to submit some questions to help guide our discussion. So to kick us off, the first question we got was from an anonymous Tumblr user. They said, the Danvers sisters for the next step? Let me be completely unhelpful and ask, what are your respective favorite things about their relationship? That's very helpful, anonymous user. It is really helpful, and I'm trying to really resist singing my favorite things. (laughs) One of my favorite things is probably the way that they're so unquestioning in how much they support each other. Like, even if one of them doesn't necessarily understand what's going on with the other or why something is important or why something's bothering them, it doesn't really matter. They're still like 100% team Kara and Alex all of the time. Mm And then the few times when they're not, it gets really interesting because that's where you tend to learn a lot more about kind of who they are individually and how their differences impact their relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. What my favorite part of them is, is how different they are and the fact that their differences sort of complement each other and allow them to grow. They can learn from each other. And that's something I look for in all of my favorite relationships in fiction, in romantic relationships and familial and friendships. I like when the characters bounce off of each other and help each other to grow. And I think that the fact that these two characters have such differences allows for that in an interesting way. Well, and it's interesting you say that because we actually got a whole bunch of questions about ways that the sisters are different from each other and how that affects their relationship. So, for example, we got another anonymous question that says, I've always had trouble figuring out how Alex and Kara work so well together despite their differing moral codes. What are differences and similarities that their moral codes share and how do they reconcile the differences that they have? So this is a pretty big question. And so, first of all, why do they work so well together despite being pretty different in certain aspects of how they look at things? Another person who sent in a question actually asked me about this a while ago. And I remember when I answered, I did kind of an in-depth look at their personalities and their personality types because they are very different. And one of the things that they share is that they both are oriented towards other people's feelings, but they come at it from different directions. With Alex, her main drive as an introvert is she's focused on kind of moving outward from herself towards other people. And usually her interest is on the connections to the people that she knows very well and the people closest to her. And her focus is on trying to make things better for those people. And that gives her satisfaction. Whereas Kara, her her outlook is much broader. Her focus is kind of on like, how do I make things better for everyone in like a very big sense? It's like El Mayara stronger together, but on a grand scale versus the more tightly knit core family that Alex works from. Yeah, Kara comes at it from like a much broader scope, but their drives to help other people are very similar and therefore very compatible. So a lot of the time when they make decisions, the outcome looks 
similar, Mm -hmm. but the motivations and the logic that they use to get there are very different. And that's actually where they'll come into conflict with each other because they're so used to coming up with the same outcome that they don't always recognize that the reasons that they're making those decisions are different. Yeah. And we see that in um, the situation with Jeremiah Mm -hmm. back in season two, when Jeremiah basically betrayed everyone and Jean had done that sort of shape-shifting test on Alex to see whether or not she would choose to go along with Jeremiah or sort of fall back on keeping the DEO and everyone safe there. And then Kara, while she didn't agree with Jean's techniques. Uh, She agreed with his decision on benching Alex because she herself was afraid that Alex would jeopardize like the greater good Mm -hmm. in order to help Jeremiah in order to, you know, put her faith in Jeremiah and bring it back to the family. Well, and in that same storyline, you also have the conflict where Alex gets upset with Kara for seeming to side with um, Monel's assessment of Jeremiah over her. Mm -hmm. And From Alex's point of view, it hurts her feelings because whenever Kara makes a judgment call, Alex will stick by it because in her mind, that's what you do with your family. Like when Kara was insisting and insisting that Lena was innocent in season two, Alex was the only person who said absolutely nothing and just stood by that judgment. And now it's, you know, maybe two or three episodes after that, and we have a situation in the reverse. And to Alex, it feels like Kara is completely kind of going against Mm. how she perceives the way family should respect each other's deepest wants, desires, goals, etc. Yeah. And it's interesting because the deeper meaning behind that whole issue with Lena had very much to do with Kara's values and beliefs that people can change. It was a specific person, but it had a lot to do with the broader scope of things and Mm -hmm. Kara's worldview. Yeah. Whereas this was a very personal situation with Jeremiah. Yeah. So I think probably the biggest difference between the two of them is just the scope of of how they conceive of problems and solutions. Well, I think the the sort of core of it is where their values are. Alex kind of starts from her family and stems outward and Kara kind of starts already outward. And then if she has to narrow her focus inward, she will. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way of, of looking at it. And both of them, you know, care about like Alex cares about keeping the world from exploding. and Well, of course she does. <laughs> she wouldn't have become a public servant if she didn't mm-hmm. have some concern for other people. Like, <laughs> yeah. And she wouldn't have wanted to go, you know, she wouldn't have been in med school or like wanted to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. But then it's interesting that we see that Alex has a very strong sense of family. And it makes sense in that sense that if she had to choose between something like the DEO and having that personal relationship with a child and and being that good force for an individual who's close to her personally, that she'd go for that kind of relationship. Oh, Alex will choose the people who matter to her over organizations or ideals any day in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Kara, (laughs) it would be really hard to find a scenario dire enough where she would do that. And she has said that. She's admitted that. And we've seen her in some pretty drastic situations and she is pretty firm in her worldview. Mm -hmm. And that sort of leads into this other question we got from Kari's twin on Tumblr. What do you think are the major differences in Alex and Kara's methods for dealing with things? So it depends what we're talking about in terms of dealing with things, because we kind of already talked about how their perspectives are different in terms of how they maybe problem solve on the job, for example. Mm -hmm. That also sort of bleeds into like we saw with 
Julia slash Purity in 313, Both Sides Now, which is a fitting name since we are seeing sort of the both sides of that argument and dealing with that conflict. They both handled the problem of Julia and the world killer in very different ways because of those differences in, in their beliefs and how they see the world. For instance, Kara's sort of hope, help, and compassion and, and kind of like, I'm going to give the stranger the benefit of the doubt. And Alex reads that as kind of naive and and mm-hmm. her interpretation comes in part from being within a law enforcement profession. She reads all of Julia's behavior from the outset as being deceptive and dangerous and intentionally, you know, like she's luring them into a trap. But it's also coming from the fact that Alex is going through a lot of internal kind of self-doubt and issues and has just been having a very negative outlook mm-hmm. In general. Yeah. But it also, it sort of goes, I think, further back because um, I just watched the scene where Eliza was talking to Alex about Kara. Oh, from season one? From season one, yeah. How Kara thinks that everyone is just as good on the inside as she is and that Eliza and Alex both know better because she has to be wary all the time of other people and making sure nobody finds out Kara's secret. So Alex is put in this sort of role. And, and then again, in law enforcement, as you said, has to be the one to see that way in order to be a protector. Well, yes, and also to not die. Uh, Particularly when you're a human being going up against aliens that could be potentially superpowered and dangerous and you don't necessarily know what they do. But in terms of differences, one of the things that we see a lot and that came up in season one, but they called more attention to it in season two, is how they both cope with, like, personal problems or, like, Kara specifically says that she doesn't, like, change or that she's not good at change. And so we've seen kind of contrasting images of what they like to do to kind of think about their personal problems and how they deal with them. So, for example, Kara usually likes to talk about them mm-hmm. with <laughs> anyone within earshot. <laughs> who might give her advice. And she she likes getting other opinions and she likes getting advice. And she usually, if it's coming from someone she trusts, takes it pretty seriously and tries to abide by it. Mm-hmm. It's often the catalyst for how she progresses in a story. Yes. And especially, we saw that a lot in season one when she was really trying to find her way as a superhero. But you see it in season two and season three. Like, she'll talk to Jean about, mm-hmm. you know, different issues with how do you move on from the loss of your family or when she had her conversation with Eliza. Alex, however, (laughs) is the complete opposite, Um, which was really emphasized in season three when we got a little bit more of an in-depth perspective on her personal life. Alex, in true introverted fashion, prefers to deal with her problems herself, and she likes to have space to sit and wallow in her feelings for a while until she really figures out what they are and what she wants to do about them. And then she kind of mentally tucks them away and picks up and moves on. And (laughs) since Kara's not like that, Kara usually wants, like, she has a hard time restraining herself (laughs) from wanting to come and break into the house and force Alex to talk to her. Which occasionally works, and we see a couple of times in season two and season three that Kara intervening, Alex eventually acknowledges, was the right thing to do. But Mm -hmm. frequently, Alex would much prefer to just deal with it herself. Like, we occasionally see her seek out help, like, she'll go talk to Jean, but usually it's when she's, like, tried to solve things on her own and just has run into a wall. I don't know. I feel like she she talks things out with with Kara frequently enough. 
She'll ask for help, but you need to wait for her to ask. If you try to intervene before that, she will not enjoy it. And then you won't enjoy it because she'll be pissed off. (laughs) That brings me to one of my favorite (laughs) scenes when she broke into the apartment. Oh, Kara. I don't know. I think that that's another part of the same question was how they complement each other. And I think that as much as people with that sort of personality type might not always want that to happen and might not feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. that sometimes you need it. It's good to have a push like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for Alex at that point in season two, she absolutely needed that push. And then it was a nice kind of full circle that you had that come up again in um, 306, where Kara was like, we need to do this, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And it turned out again, to be the right decision. And it was interesting because how Kara usually acts in situations when she's sort of struggling with something was so different to how she acted in season three. Yeah. And Alex was struggling with how to handle that. She sort of took Jean's advice to let Kara grieve and process it. And usually Kara is kind of the one who goes and lays everything out and asks for advice and asks for ways of thinking and how to handle things. But Kara wasn't doing that at all. And so... Alex is in a kind of unfamiliar territory. Yeah, well, that's funny because it reminded me of, um, I've said this before, but that when Kara isn't sure what to do, she usually tries to act like Alex. Mm. And they made that reference explicitly in the first episode of season three with the way Kara was behaving when she was really upset and depressed. And they were, when is like, well, I don't know. She went from being little Miss Sunshine to Alex mm-hmm. and Alex took offense to that. But Kara was doing exactly that. She was trying to contain her emotions and kind of keep them to herself and put them aside and keep work, doing her work. And the other time we saw her do that actually was in Changing in season two. The first time she and Alex had the coming out conversation, Kara's really quiet and trying not to say anything to let Alex talk because that's what Alex does for her. And it's so not the way Kara usually reacts to things that Alex thinks she's angry. Mm-hmm. And then they end up having a huge misunderstanding as a result. Yeah, it's sort of it's interesting because as much as it's awesome that their differences in personality push each other in the right direction, if they go too far, like if Kara starts acting like Alex, it's not healthy for her. Mm. So moving from how they're different from each other, we had a question from Jess13 that said, what would you like to see Kara and Alex discuss or resolve in their relationship, if anything? And they've referenced the Jeremiah situation from season two. I would like to see the Jeremiah situation again, but with more of a follow through. Not not like Jeremiah specifically, but that battle of Alex's sort of interpersonal values versus Kara's more broad-based values. Mm. And that's a sort of a unique situation where Kara's, you know, in the circle of most important people to Alex, but then somebody so close and so important to her, her father comes back and that kind of flips the dynamic on its head and then puts them in a conflict in a way that I don't think somebody outside of that really tight circle would be able to. No, and that was the thing that I wish had been explored a little bit deeper in season two because I think for a long time Kara maybe didn't even quite realize that Alex's values were different than hers in that way because usually Alex is acting on behalf of Kara and the outcome benefits Kara somehow. Well, I don't know. You say it sometimes that Kara didn't necessarily know, but she acts in, in ways that she acts as if she does know. Like in that situation, she's like, I'm aware that you might make this decision and I don't want you to, so stay home. Oh, true. That's fair. 
Maybe it's that she's another difference between the two of them is that Kara doesn't necessarily plan for like all of the outcomes before they happen. No. Like, she knew there was a chance that Alex would react that way, but she didn't, like, try to stave it off or, like, preemptively do something to contain it, whereas Alex, in the, in the reverse, would probably do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that sort of goes back to one of their personality differences, major differences in, in dealing with things, that sort of pragmatic Slytherin way of dealing <laughs> with situations. Yeah, and that's a difference between them that has been there since the start, and it's a very important difference. This is why Alex frequently runs operations and commands things. Alex thinks strategically, and particularly as someone who is human, who's grown up around a superhuman person and who spends most of her time with superhuman people, it makes sense that she is a person who is good at strategy and planning ahead and compensating for Mm -hmm. because that's the only way she'd have any chance of keeping up against a lot of these other people in her life, at least like in terms of being physically able to keep up with them in a fight or Mm -hmm. to be able to anticipate things that they're going to do and minimize damage or problems or what have you. Like, let's take, for instance, obviously, Kara had superpowers when she first landed and was not totally in control of them. And so Alex would be put in a situation where she has to kind of predict what Kara might do next, you know, for her own safety, for Kara's safety. Predict how people are going to react, predict how to do damage control and like explain Mm -hmm. it away, predict, figure out how to get them out of the situation if something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of freaking mental energy. (laughs) Yeah. And that creates a person that uh, gets told by Martians that she's very perceptive. She certainly is. But Kara is, she's more, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. She sort of grows a bit, but she's very, she kind of like headbutts her way into situations. Yes. I don't want to say that Kara is impulsive no. because she isn't exactly, but she's strong willed and very confident in her decisions and in her values. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes her kind of want to forge ahead with things quickly. Yeah, you know, she has all these superpowers and she knows for a fact that she can do certain things. And like statistically, she's more easily able to subdue some alien. Well, she has this strong belief that people are good on the inside and that if you just talk to them the right way and just say the right things and, and kind of emotionally connect to them, then they'll think the way that she does. So she just sort of, rather than carefully considering how people might perceive things, she's more likely to just kind of address the situation and try to connect to the person right there in the moment. Like she'll kind of blunt force her way into it. Yeah. Yes, emotionally blunt force. <laughs> she will bulldoze your, her way into your heart and make you see the light. <laughs> yes, she'll secretly write letters oh, on man, your behalf to that your... so not... <laughs> she should not have been rewarded for doing that. Kara, that's a fraud. <sighs> or she'll force her way into your home to give you a hug. You know, like, that's how Kara operates. And it, you can see it sometimes in, in how she addresses people that she ends up fighting, uh, like aliens and metahumans alike. She walks into a situation confident that she's already going to win the battle. She doesn't have to really assess the other person. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, we see with Psy in 302, she comes in and she's, <laughs> she's really confident, even though all these people around her have fallen down in fear and Psy looks completely confident herself. Card, she already thinks that she's going to win this battle. And, you know, it's always shocking for her when, oh, my 
my usual powers didn't work out the way that they were supposed to. And she's a bit more comfortable, I think, dealing with people who have physical powers and physical fighting because she can just sort of push that bit harder, be a little bit faster, be a little bit stronger. She can will her way into winning the battle as opposed to trying to like outsmart the person, which is something we do see her progress with over the seasons. Yes, she has definitely gotten better at it. Because, you know, a good writer puts the characters into situations that confront their flaws and make them push past them. And so Kara ends up dealing with people who fight her with their minds. Or like the world killers that she can't just, yeah. you know, punch her way out because they're physically stronger than she is. Mm-hmm. And I think sort of the attempt, at least at the beginning of the season, was to have her use her head to figure out the mystery of it all. And we'll see that come into better fruition, I think, in season four. But... um Another thing that I would love to see them bring up again, I don't know that it necessarily feels unresolved, but I would like to see them kind of talking about the issues related to the Black Mercy and kind of what happened with Astra, especially now that we've seen Kara talking to Alora about it. Yeah. I don't think it feels unresolved, but it would be nice to just see them kind of bring it up and like mention it. Yeah. And the next question we got was from An Evolutionary Matter on Tumblr. What do you think is the most important or most influential thing each sister has taught one another? Well, I really enjoyed in season three, Kara was going through this thing where she feels like she has to be above everyone, like separate from them, protecting them, Mm -hmm. and has to place all of that above any of her own personal wants. And Alex is that sort of touchstone force throughout her life. It tethers her to having a personal life and, and caring about her own just individual wants because Alex is so concerned with that all the time. It kind of encourages Kara to value her own personal desires. And that's something obviously that Eliza also taught Kara that we talked about a lot in the Mother's podcast. And for Alex... Her issue this season was having hope that she can be happy, mm. that she can, you know, have all the things. And that was very much something that, that Carr was trying to convince her of. And we saw her say that in both sides now that, you know, Alex, you are a hopeful person and you made this decision because of your hope. And I think I have hope that you're going to have everything that you want. You're going to have a happy life. So as much as they conflict about, you know, sometimes Alex thinks that Carr is being naive, Kara pushes her a little bit to to have that hope that she knows that Alex also has deep down. Yes. <laughs> so the next couple are very really similar to each other. So from I am Delta S, how have Alex and Kara influenced each other and how different do you think they would have ended up being if they had grown up without each other? And then an evolutionary matter also sent a similar question, which is we've seen how different Kara might have been without her relationships to Alex and Eliza. Could you speculate on how you think Alex might have ended up without Kara? Well, we have kind of seen what Kara at least thinks her life would have been like if she had never left Krypton. Mm hmm which we saw in season one. And also um, reflected in Thara in season three, who lived on Argo, her best friend, her best friend from Krypton, who grew up on Argo and lived that life um, and sort of was a, a contrast to put up against Kara and how different they are. With Kara, it's so difficult because there's so many different ways that her life could have turned out. Let's say that they saved Krypton, the whole planet. She could have ended up there. Let's say that her parents decided to keep her instead of sending her off in a pod and she grew up on Argo. And let's say that she landed on Earth and was raised 
raised to a different family. Or she could have landed on time and grown up with Clark the way that her parents had expected her to. Yeah. That's a lot of different ways that her life could have gone and a lot of different influences. But for Kara, just living on Earth, we'll say, Alex has been such a tether to Earth and and personal relationships, um, as I just talked about. And I think that if she didn't have Alex or somebody like Alex in her life, then we would see her become more detached. But a lot of that depends on whatever the other situation is. And perhaps we'll see something like that in season four with Siberian Kara. Indeed. Um, so, but with Alex, we don't get as much kind of detailed insight into what her life was like either before Carr came into it or kind of how she was living independently when she went away to college. We've we've heard her and Carr talk about some of that stuff and we've seen it in flashbacks in bits and pieces. So you really have to take the handful of hints that Alex has dropped and try to piece them together. My inclination is to say she would have eventually still hit the same wall of dissatisfaction with the way her life was going. Hmm. Maybe it would have taken longer, but I think it's still would have been there because one of the things about working at the DEO that Alex didn't even realize that she enjoyed was the the interactivity of it and the way that it challenged her kind of mentally. Mm-hmm. And I think if she'd never been in a position to have to worry about Kara and, you know, be concerned with the protection of people like that, it would not necessarily have occurred to her to look for other things or be open to the idea that she could take those opportunities and not deviate from the path that she thinks that she should be on. Because that's such a fundamental part of why she has kind of the really intense conversations that she does have with with Eliza, with Jean, with Kara sometimes, is that she's had it in her head for all of these years that like there's a right way to do life. Mm-hmm. And we don't see her start to really abandon that until you see the flashback in Midvale where she chooses to help Kara versus maintain her social status at school. So if she had never gotten that push, I don't know that she would have deviated from that path. Yeah. But the burnout, I think the burnout still would have happened. It just would have taken longer. Because mm-hmm. she still has that family dynamic with at least Eliza would be still the same. It would, but it – well, no, though, it wouldn't because she specifically says in Midvale, before you came, I had a great life and my parents were great and my mom did not give me a hard time like this. Mm. And because the, that was a big shift too, was in just the sheer amount of time and attention that Kara required because of the special kind of needs that she has. Well, I think in terms of, of more pushing Alex to achieve. Oh, yeah. And, and that's why I say I'm my inclination is to say that the burnout thing would have happened eventually because Alex would have still felt like there was that expectation and that pressure. Mm hmm. But it wouldn't – I don't think it would have felt so intense in the same way because a lot of it in the show is she was pushing herself that hard because she felt like she needed to do something to compensate for the fact that she wasn't super, Mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. So the next question we have is from Kari's twin again. I would love some talk on some sister parallels in their relationships or storylines, in particular how they sort of mirrored each other, even in season three with the ending of their relationships. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And they have had some very deliberately parallel storylines going all the way back into season one. It's not as obvious, I think, because people don't think about it in the same way, but They actually went through some very similar 
growth processes in their mentor-mentee relationships. Mm -hmm. So like Kara with Kat and then Alex with Jean. And so you saw both of those relationships kind of grow and take on more mature angles and both of the girls really looking to these kind of quasi, in some ways, parental figures asking for advice, trying to figure out what to do with themselves. Car eventually got more connected to uh, Jean. I wonder if they would have found a way had they stayed in Los Angeles to have Alex talk to Kat. That would honestly have been so interesting to see that dynamic, just because of how, as I said last time, how generally unimpressed Alex is by power. Because mm-hmm. we kind of had seen with, with um, Adam that Kat made that misstep of trying to be really impressive. Mm-hmm. And Alex would just be like, yeah, I hear all of my sister's stories about you. I'm not interested. <laughs> no. And then in season two, we saw them both start major relationships. Learning how to adult. <laughs> Because Kara, because of her secret, and, and we also heard about her mishaps with her powers, she never really had like that kind of long-term relationship, like a real full and open relationship where they knew everything about her. So it was sort of her first love in that sense. And obviously with Alex, she just came out and discovered this about herself or, or rediscovered it and had her first real relationship with Maggie. Well, I will say, I think it's more like her first relationship that she's genuinely emotionally invested in. Right. And then their relationships continue to parallel in how they both had to let go of their relationships for differing reasons. And and they were dealing with that in season three. Kara with the fact that she sent Manal away in a pod and then he, you know, came back and was a different person in a, in a relationship. And Kara had to deal with the fact of that, that she couldn't continue that relationship. And what that sort of meant to her on a deeper level um, with her abandonment issues. And then Alex ended her relationship with Maggie to pursue having a child and was coping with that and, and trying to process that and accept that throughout the season. And that tied into her her own inner fears, which were that she wasn't ever going to be really happy. And and both of them throughout season three were kind of trying to find hope um, and really believe in it in both of their situations. Yeah, and it was neat that they kind of moved through it at different speeds because that's quite normal. I mean, Alex is older and so probably for a lot of their earlier lives was maybe figuring a lot of stuff out sooner just because she had more life experience with certain kinds of things and Kara was still being kind of very timid and keeping certain things about herself to herself. But you actually have it almost reversed a little bit by the time season you get into season three mm-hmm. and move further into season three. Kara's a little bit further along in some aspects of like the self-discovery journey, whereas Alex is still kind of starting out on it because she had to she really put it aside for so long and focused on other people. Yeah. So in that sense, it was neat because they were very much, it was nice to see them both leaning on each other throughout different parts of that journey and also learning from each other's experiences. And But the takeaways, they were still really personalizing it and, and handling it their own ways. Yeah. They're the two lead characters. And, you know, when you're writing a story, you want to have cohesive themes throughout. So obviously the A story and the B story want to kind of seem like they go together in some ways. So it's it's natural for those two characters to have parallels throughout the seasons. And it's very likely that we'll see many more. Yeah, because we've already gotten some hints that they're going to be dealing with some similar kinds of issues in their respective work lives, at least mm. through season four. And I'm sure we'll also see similar developments maybe in their personal lives. 
Yeah. That's interesting because, you know, they have those parallels in season one with that mentor-mentee relationship. And we'll see that in a different way in season four. I know. And I'm really excited to see because this is in theory after they've had all this time learning from their various mentor figures. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to see what they've picked up and what they choose to pass on. Yeah. So we had a question from Cyclone Rachel on Tumblr that was a little bit long. The general gist of it was Car and Alex have this really strong bond that's at the center of the show, but what does that do for the way weight is given to other relationships that they have with other characters? So whether it's their friends or romantic partners, etc. How does the show balance those other relationships and then how does that in turn affect the sibling the sister dynamic that they have? So in terms of looking at the show and the different character relationships and what they are, one thing to keep in mind is Kara is the focus character. So automatically, all of the characters are kind of going to be different degrees of distant from her, and that's going to affect how much you learn about them or how much you see them. So because Alex is such an important person to Kara, that relationship is the heart of the show. Alex is the second lead character. She gets the most time dedicated to her after Kara. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to get more peripheral from that, it's like, okay, but what about Alex's relationships or Alex's friends? The show is not about Alex. Alex exists to serve Kara in the story. So you can have storylines that serve Alex's development individually and separate from Kara, but they're never going to have the same overall quantity of time devoted to them because that's just not what the show is about. <laughs> Supergirl is an action-adventure sci-fi show. Yes. Yeah. So any given episode has to have a certain percentage of it dedicated to the action and adventure part. Mm -hmm. So you have to have time blocked out of every episode for that. So figure at least five minutes out of a 40-minute episode. Then you have to develop the core relationships of the show. Kara and Alex get the most time together on average. Mm -hmm. And they get the most time as individual characters. Kara is usually in like 60% of every episode. Um, Alex gets about half of the total time that Kara does. Then you have the characters who are directly connected to both of them and important to both of them. So like Jean, you had Wynn, James to a lesser extent. Lena to a lesser extent, um, and you're going to see like Brady next year. Mm -hmm. So those come next because they're fundamental to the show and they're people who are important and relevant to all of the main characters. And moving forward from there, it's like, okay, if you want to bring in other characters, how do you do it and how much time gets devoted to them? And that's just a function of how much how much can fit in an episode <laughs> and and which stories are the most important overall to the long-term focus of the show. This isn't a romance genre show, so that's never going to be the focus. And it's specifically every character in the story is directly or indirectly serving Kara's journey. So you're not going to get a ton of time devoted to, for example, the romantic lives of any of the other characters, except as maybe a B or C plot that matches something that is happening in Kara's story, mm -hmm. which you saw, however questionably it was executed, you saw that in season two because you had similar relationships for Alex and John and Wynn that all did things that were similar to the relationship that Kara was having. You will likely see it again 
because we saw it again in season three with kind of the after effects of Kara losing Monel and Alex breaking up with Maggie. You'll probably see it again in season four with them both kind of picking up the pieces and moving forward. And then another part of the question was asking, like, what do you think of Kara and Alex basically having the same circle of friends? And if we think it should change or if it will change? Well, in terms of screen time... And, and sort of handling that situation where you're, you're trying to have all the characters have, you know, a piece of the pie, like you want to advance them and their stories, but it has to be relevant to Kara or Alex. In order to bring side characters forward in the story at the forefront and have more time with them, it makes the most sense to have them involved in both Kara and Alex's lives. Like, let's take Brainy, for instance, who we first saw, like, talk to Kara in, in the... In the coma. In her mind prison, you know, so that was sort of the first connection that he had. And then we saw him connect to Wynn and other characters, but... Well, but even before that, the first thing we see is him in the coma, but the next thing we see is him recognizing that Alex is important to Kara because she's right there on the outside of the coma. Mm-hmm. So tying him into that sort of storyline allows even him to have growth because just getting a a touch of who he is as a character, part of it is sort of like empathy and understanding people and having those connections. So tying those storylines in together allows for him to exist as a character without detracting from the time we want on our leads. And in season four, we're going to see him interact with Alex, apparently. Which would make sense because he's supposed to be filling Wynn's space at the DEO while Wynn is gone. Yeah. And we'll probably see him interact with Kara because if you have a character that you love and you're a writer, but that character isn't one of the leads, the only way to really warrant spending any time on them is to have them interact. So in terms of if they should have the same circle of friends, maybe in season one, I I would have been more... Um, like <laughs> worried for Alex because like, where are her friends? Does she hang out with anybody other than the people that she meets when she's hanging out with Kara? But she, she has her own relationships with them now that don't really have anything to do with Kara most of the time. Yeah. And on a character level though, I would say, yeah, it doesn't really bother me because Alex is kind of a homebody mm-hmm. and always has been like in her flashbacks. We found out that her friends when she was popular were just kids that she'd known since she was like in elementary school. It wasn't she like she went out of her way to become popular or get to know them. She just was always a part of that. And she was perfectly okay with giving that up when it came down to it and was not as concerned as you might have expected from a formerly popular kid with no longer having lots of friends. Well, I mean, we did hear her talk about how she was annoyed with Kara for like embarrassing her in front of her friends to a degree. Well, yeah, because she was like 14, 15 years old. Who wouldn't be? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm just saying it wasn't like she wasn't concerned at all. But Well, no, but that was in the early, early flashback. By the time you get to her as a senior in high school, her perspective has shifted a little bit. And that's a pretty normal thing that happens between being 15 and being 18 or 17. Mm -hmm. But speaking of the sort of early years and, and in their relationship, we got a question from I am Delta S. And she said, 
I got the implication from Midvale that they had actually managed to become somewhat closer prior to Jeremiah's uh, quote-unquote death. Not sister close, of course, but kind of sort of getting along close, I guess. Do you think that's an accurate assumption? Basically, what was the progression of their dynamic throughout their adolescent years? I think, yeah, that's an accurate assumption because in the season one flashback, you actually had Jeremiah and Eliza specifically talking about how surprised they were that the girls were getting along despite sharing a room and being at that early teen stage when you're the most likely to have conflict Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And it's also kind of backed up by things Alex says in season two, in the beginning of season two, when she's talking to Kara about when Kara kind of asks Alex for advice about what to do in terms of giving Monel direction or mentoring him. And Alex says, you know, I was so excited to have a sibling and then I tried to kind of make you do everything that I wanted and didn't recognize that you're not me. Mm -hmm. And we also saw, you know, something that might stick out in people's memories, the flying scene. Yes. When they went out on the roof and Kara flew Alex around for a bit and then they came back. And And then they got busted. Yeah. Um, and Alex kind of had that moment where they they mentioned how these rules are there to protect Kara. And Alex kind of looks at Kara and like, obviously, you can see that she cares about her. Yeah. And that's all before Midvale, before the age they would have been in Midvale. Well, and the, the other thing to keep in mind as far as their dynamic, Kara shows up halfway through the school year. And Alex is already in ninth grade and they apparently did a junior high high school system. So Alex and Kara were only sharing space at school for like less than six months initially when Kara was there and then don't actually go to the same school again until the flashback we see in Midvale of Kara in 10th grade. Mm. So they had a little bit more breathing room, I think, to kind of grow independent of each other before being pushed back into that into that same kind of shared social space which is why you're seeing some of that friction but then it's exacerbated by the fact that jeremiah has just recently died at least as far as they know and obviously alex is extremely upset about that even if she doesn't want to talk about it with people Mm And we heard Alex talk about those early years, both in terms of like, oh, so excited. I I wanted to make you like everything that I liked and show you everything. And then we also heard about how she was like annoyed, you know, that she was around her all all the time and embarrassing her in front of her friends. Alex was a typical 15 year old, basically. Yeah. So they had kind of a up and down relationship, you know, (laughs) like one might have in that situation. It wasn't like they were constantly like best friends, you know, and had that strong sort of sisterly bond that we know of now. But, you know, that doesn't mean that they hated each other the whole time and didn't get along and hang out and have fun. Exactly. And then on a related note, Kyrie's twin asked, how do you imagine their relationship between Midvale and the start of the show in, in terms of the tone? Like, how did they get along with each other? And it's funny because a lot, I think a lot of people forget get how much they have grown as siblings since the start of the show. So in terms of what was their relationship like between what we saw in Midvale, where they start to get genuinely close and really appreciate each other in a, in a kind of different way than just like, you're my roommate who is fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and where they where they end up 
by, let's say, like mid to late season one. They're actually, their relationship in the beginning of season one is really jarring if you go back and watch it after seeing where they are now at the end of season three. They're much more closed off with each other. Hmm. So I think the suggestion in, in the question of was it good, was it fine, was it standoffish, I think it was kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I think the situation at the start of season one, which had been going on for a while, sort of intensified their issues or sort of that that distance was, you know, Alex and the secrets that she was keeping. Mm-hmm. And the pilot, Kara, finds out that Alex has been working for the DEO for all this time. For how many years? At least two or three. At least two or three years. And and we saw, this is a deleted scene, but I, I tend to sort of accept it into how I perceive the relationship. In a deleted scene for, from season one, we saw that their relationship was kind of strained because Alex was keeping the fact that she wasn't doing so well um, and handling school as, as well as she would like to. And we saw this sort of distance between them. Them. And I think that certainly made things more difficult for them. And it's funny to think about how much they ended up actually changing from the pilot episode to where we are now. Yeah, well, you had two really big things that changed that sort of resolved that tension. One is Alex is no longer so closed off about sharing things that are difficult. Mm-hmm. And that really starts happening after the pilot and after Card makes the decision to be Supergirl. Because in in some ways, that unburdens Alex a little bit mm. because she can have some more kind of honest conversations with Kara, with Jean, with her mother about certain different things that have happened and kind of how keeping Kara's secret and worrying about Kara affected her. Yeah. Alex's journey is very much about being true to herself and when she's able to have a little bit more breathing room and Kara doesn't feel that distance between them that, you know, something isn't reachable by Kara, their relationship flourishes a bit more. Yeah. And I was going to say the other thing that has changed is that Kara is more attuned to figuring out how to reach Alex at her own level, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And that was a big shift that happened in season two when Alex finally admitted that she put so much priority on Kara that she kind of lost track of herself. Mm-hmm. And that for Kara, I think, was something of a wake up call because ever since then, she's made a much more concerted effort to check in with Alex to make sure Alex is okay, but also to really reciprocate and take care of her in the same way that Alex has always taken care of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of on Kara's end and in season one, she's able to be more free in her own way. Basically, they grew a little bit. They've grown as people. <laughs> They've grown as people and it's allowed them to more healthily engage with each other. But it's it's interesting to remember that they weren't always like the perfect representation of sisters. Which is still very normal, but... Yeah. They weren't like, you know, a stock photo in a photo frame. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's interesting because that undercurrent of like, I have your back 110% has been there no matter how strained mm. things are. But it really took kind of those last barriers of secrecy coming down for them to really have a much healthier dynamic with each other. It, they were have always been very, very close, just like Alex and Eliza have always been very close or like Car and Eliza are close. But there were these definite like emotional roadblocks in the way. Mm-hmm. And so for as close as they were, and as, as much as maybe they were willing to, you know, go all in for each other, you still had these big facets of their lives that they didn't want to talk about or were afraid to talk about for whatever 
whatever reason. And then over the course of, of Kara being much more open about who she is, that's had the ripple effect of cleaning up a lot of those relationships. Mm-hmm. But to go back to like between Midvale and the start of the show, you have to remember too, Midvale, that flashback is Alex's senior year of high school, uh, which they allude to towards the end of the season when Kara's getting ready to go to Argo and they talk about dealing with when Alex went away to college and how they kept in touch with each other and communicated to keep that bond going. (laughs) So they definitely have always talked, but as Alex herself has said, it was Alex's first inclination would be to deflect and focus on other people's problems ahead of her own. So even if they were always talking, she wasn't necessarily telling the whole story. And if it was at a distance, Kara maybe didn't pick up on it until you got kind of like that cut scene where she goes over there and it's like, she knew something was wrong, but now she can like visibly see that something is wrong. But Alex is just pretending that it's not there and Kara doesn't know how to bring it up. I think maybe Kara didn't see that something was really wrong, was wrong with Alex so much as was feeling like rejected. Ah, gotcha. Like you, you could see that she saw maybe like a mess. I think it was. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just didn't get the, the vibe that she registered that part of it as something to be worried about. Oh, no. Yeah, you're right in that sense because I don't think she knew and I think to some extent she still doesn't oh. entirely. Well, because Alex has never explicitly told her about it. Yeah. I mean, as far as Kara knows, it's just like, oh, at that time you actually just joined the DEO secretly, not necessarily the events that spurred that on. Yeah. So we got several questions about favorite scenes related to the Danvers sisters. Um, One of them is, what single scene do we think defines their relationship the best? That was from Kari's twin. And this one is also my current favorite scene. The scene from Triggers when Kara's meditating and then Alex walks in and they have that whole conversation about the, you know, panic attacks that Kara's been having and Alex kind of confronts her and tries to get her to open up and talk about it. And I just liked the range of of what that relationship is as represented in that. Because we start off, you know, Alex is like, I'm always worried about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you fight all these people. And I was like, oh, that's a quintessential, like, Danvers <laughs> sisters thing. Typical Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Alex. And then Kara sort of talking through what's going on with her for the first, like, real time that we saw in season three. We saw in the first episode of season three, Alex confront her um, and and Kara kind of coldly talking about how she isn't human and rejecting her own feelings. And and then the second episode in this scene is Kara sort of opening up more to Alex than we had seen so far. And then the, the line that everybody seems to like and I like a lot is the, well, if I don't have Supergirl, what do I have? And Alex says, you got me. And Kara says, I know that's silly. And... Alex does this like scoot toward her and hugs her while they're sitting on the floor. And I just thought that was such a nice way to demonstrate how Alex is a tether for Kara to her personal relationships and to having a normal life and having a a family in a very emotionally true way. Mm. It felt like a real emotional moment and, and connection that they had in that scene. So I felt like that offered a, a wide range of what the Danvers sisters are when you think about the cornerstones of their relationship. True. 
I keep wanting to say the tiny little scene from season one when Alex first takes over running the DEO and Kara brings her her favorite food because she's worried that she's going to get too stressed out to eat. That one is just stuck in my head because it's just such a small thing, but the fact that it is so small is what makes it so great in a way. Hmm. And it'll be interesting to see what happens on that score this season now that Alex is like for real in charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's interesting that I sort of chose a very sad. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> that too. But that I chose a very like emotional, like weighty, significant moment, and you chose the more everyday sister relationship sort of thing. And I think that kind of covers it. <laughs> it's true. All right. So our next one is from Comic Girl, who wanted to know favorite funny or lighter Danvers sisters scenes. I really liked the scene from season one when well, Alex is like talking about something and then Kara just decks a pillow right into her face. I really liked the fact that in reality, Melissa just threw a pillow at Kyler. She didn't know it was coming. I don't know. I find that really amusing. It is really. It felt very much like in those early scenes, you know, when they're still wading through their sisterly chemistry, that felt like a very real moment. Yes, which just made me think of a very a similarly a scene that always makes me laugh. Um, and it's technically not a Danvers sisters scene, but Alex is in the shot. It's the scene in season one where Kara is talking to Adam and she doesn't realize he's flirting with her, and Alex is in the background on her phone just making these faces that are like, "Oh my God, Kara, what are you?" doing <laughs> and it's it's like so great because then after he walks away alex is like what was that and Kara's like i don't know what you're talking about and this feels like a trick question yeah and kari's twin asked favorite couch scene um the one with the ice cream from season one fair my close second is the uh talk before Kara decides to leave to go to argo when alex makes the joke about whether or not there's wi-fi in space <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. I liked a lot of their scenes in season three a lot, actually, because they're all emotional. <laughs> uh, I think your second favorite might be my first favorite. Excellent. Just because <laughs> just it was, I don't know. It was really sweet. Yeah. And it, I like when, when scenes have a range of when they like have high notes and low notes. Well, it had a nice balance to mm -hmm. it of like being sad and then being very sweet. Mm -hmm. My favorite things. Yes. I liked the scene after Alex came out and Kara sort of made her sit down and and actually talk to her. And um, Alex looks like she wanted to like run away at the same time that she was confronting Kara for being standoffish and basically apologized to her for um, not giving her the space to, to open up to her. Say what you need to say. <laughs> And then I also liked the other couch scene in that episode that wasn't actually Kara's couch. It was Alex's couch. Plot twist. Oh, yeah. The other crying one. Yeah, the other. You may be sensing a theme. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when Kara broke into her home and, and hugged her. I just thought that was a... I love how Alex phrases it that way. You broke into my house. Like, yeah. It's accurate. Like Kara, when Kara's on a mission, knows no limits. Kara will commit forgery. Kara will commit fraud. Kara will break <laughs> yeah. and enter. Kara's um, capable of anything, I think. Kara is willing to do, I think, more morally gray things than people realize. Yeah, it's true. If it's in the name of the greater good. Yeah, if it fits along her 
her line of her big picture own values of whatever she thinks is right at the time. She'll do whatever she needs to do. My sister is sad. I must get to her. <laughs> walls? What walls? Alex, there's locks on your window? What are you talking about? <laughs> Those were like that. <laughs> <laughs> That wraps up our more thinky questions, but we saved a bunch that, in theory, are going to be short answers. <laughs> in, in theory. In theory, yes. So these are our final technically rapid-fire questions, but we'll see if we actually manage to give short answers. And Evolutionary Matter asks, who controls the radio on long car rides? Ooh. My instinct is Kara. My instinct was also Kara. I don't know why. I could see it happening the other way, but... But I feel like Alex would let her pick. Yeah. Because Alex tends to let her pick things. And Kara tends to let her let her pick things. <laughs> yes. Kara's really, like, passionate about... She's, like, selfish, like, with little things in a really entertaining <laughs> way. Like, I'm yes. gonna eat that last pot sticker. So I can see her being, like... That's where Kara's, like, the spoiled youngest sibling. She'll she'll sacrifice herself to save the world, but she's not going to sacrifice that last pot sticker. Or like the cookie dough bits in the ice cream. <laughs> she will resort to burning your face off. It's true. That and also Kara's more sensitive to certain kinds of sound. So I could see Alex being willing to let her pick just so that it wouldn't be something that drives her nuts. Also true. Yes. All right. So next question from Youngblood Buzz. What is the quintessential Danvers Sisters song? <laughs> I'm still thinking about that um, SNL skit with sisters. <laughs> yes, that would be my answer, honestly. It's featuring Kristen Wiig with baby hands. <laughs> what is it called? It doesn't have a name. It's called Introducing the Merrill Sisters. What are the lyrics to that? Sisters do as sisters should. We're all together, sisters. It's true. I like butterflies. I like rainbows. I like waterfalls. I like chasing cars. <laughs> that's kind of true <laughs> it kind of is that's my point but the main chorus is even though we're a lot alike we enjoy different things yeah all right anyway so another question from an evolutionary matter cycles what's your favorite alex moment in the pilot episode when she's outside Kara's door and she talks about she was growing up and she said, you know, you feeling like less somehow made me feel like more. Mm. And I felt like it was really cool to see her be so vulnerable when you get this sort of sense that she's not comfortable being that open all the time. And it was such a selfless moment. Yeah. That just really endeared me to the character right away. Aw, that's so cute. <laughs> and Vivi, what was your favorite Kara moment? In season three, when she gets to see Jean's memory of his kids, oh. their dynamic with each other is so subtle, but when they use it, it's absolutely fantastic in showing where they're similar because of their status as refugees who've lost their whole families. And that was just a really, really touching scene that he was vulnerable about it, but she got to see it and that she was so, care not careful in her response, but like that she understood what a privilege it was to see it. Hmm. And now both of us, what was our favorite Danvers Sisters moment? All of them. My favorite Danvers Sisters moment is the television show Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> the whole hour of it. Oh, we didn't mention, I also really did like the scene of them in um, 304 in the uh, hallway outside of Ruby's show. Oh, yeah. Where Alex kind of has her breakdown. Mm -hmm. That was also a favorite. That's one of those times that I think about how the actresses talk about how they look at each other and they cry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. They mentioned that in an, an old interview, I think, right? Panel at a con. No. Well, there was a one that over the summer, but I think they've mentioned it before, too, how they just kind of, <laughs> if we're seeing them crying. Like, if whoever's off camera, yeah. If we're seeing them crying, it's real. <laughs> They're just crying at each other. As as you would. Because looking at Melissa, and you could tell that she was like, well, you could tell that Kara was upset because Alex was upset. So, Well, of course Kara was upset because Alex is upset. That's how they roll. <laughs> All right. Oh, and Young Blood Buzz here with a question that I feel like was delivered to me personally to give my answer. If there's one or more things you wish the girls would do that they haven't done yet on the show, what would it be? <laughs> speed date night montage <laughs> i should have known you were going to say that i have wanted this since early in season two and it would make me happy forever because they so rarely get to do like genuinely comedic stuff mm-hmm. and especially since they've wrapped up all the really heavy emotional arcs at the end of season three that would be delightful to just have them go do something silly to get themselves you know out there and it could be literal or metaphorical speed dating in Kara's case <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm always I'm always a sucker for like cheesy sci-fi tropes. So like, oh, I'd love to see like a body switching one. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Where they get to act like each other. Oh, that'd be great. I'm so glad that that's a trope, which means that even though we said it, they can still use it because it's not like our idea. Yeah, it's it's totally free for anybody to. That's just a nice idea. That anybody could use. Any old listener. (laughs) Kari's twin asks, what do you think their guilty pleasure show is? Ooh, see. I'm not sure. I don't know that they would consider any of them guilty pleasures, other than we did have that hint in season one that Alex secretly watches the Kardashians. Yeah. Although... Would she feel guilty about it? Or that's the thing. Just... That's Sometimes I really don't like the term guilty pleasure, like for a show or a hobby or whatever, because mm-hmm. if you like it, why feel guilty about it? Yeah. In terms of like generic, what other people would consider guilty pleasure shows, maybe Alex would watch like the Kardashians or something. But what would be something they'd watch together? See, their taste in a lot of things is relatively similar as far as like movies and stuff go because they hang out and do it all the time. But I feel like over the course of all three seasons, they've covered a lot of genres. Maybe they watch like live musical on NBC. Again, I would not consider that a guilty pleasure. That's amazing (laughs) and a good life choice. Uh, (laughs) Their favorite movie is Grease Live. What if they watch like they watch true crime? Mm -hmm. I feel like Kara probably did watch, like, Unsolved Mysteries and all that stuff, given that she was such a, like, budding detective. Yeah. Okay, so that was the last of our short answer questions, if you will. And since this is such a huge topic and the Danvers sisters are the core of the show, it will definitely not be the last time we do an episode focused on them. But we hope you enjoyed listening to our answers to everybody's questions, and thank you to everyone who sent them. And starting next week, we're going to move to week-to-week episodes because something really exciting is happening next week, which is (laughs) the season four premiere. And you can tune in next week for our analysis of The American Alien, the first episode of season four. And you can come talk to us on Twitter or Tumblr at Supergirls Attic. Thanks for listening.